everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? And I'm your host, Darren Johnson. Welcome to episode 98. We are almost episode 100. Can you feel it? First things first, we've got an incredible episode lined up for you. Well, I can't wait for you to meet our guest. He is Eric Hinman. For those who don't know about Eric, you're about to. Eric Hinman, he is many things, a social media influencer, a hybrid athlete, five-time Ironman, and now doing other CrossFit and other sports, serial entrepreneur, and a brand builder. He specializes in scaling early-stage consumer and wellness brands. He is sponsored by dozens of consumer brands. And Eric is passionate about living your perfect day, and he's influencing thousands around the world. And just so you know, I want Eric's house. Uh, Eric lives in Denver, Colorado and in Austin, Texas, and has this incredible workout space in his backyard. And we talk about that in the interview. What can you expect to learn in this episode? Well, a question is, what is your ideal day? Have you ever thought about that? I'm not talking about the day you live right now, but think about what is your ideal day? Put yourself there using all of your senses. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Are you there? And what if you could actually live that ideal day and design it and go for it? We go deep into how wellness is more than just nutrition and exercise. It's also about relationships and deep connections with each other. Well, I love getting to know Eric, and I'm going to remember this interview and this conversation for a long time, and I hope it's the same for you. Everyone, welcome to episode 98. Let's not wait any longer. Let's bring him in. Here, everyone, is Eric Hinman. Eric, welcome to the podcast. It's really good having you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a little, little hypersensitive. I'm having a little uh, uh, Nespresso. I know you're big into supplements. Is that allowed or am I making a mistake? Oh, for sure. I love coffee. Yeah. I mean, being in Austin, it's a great coffee scene here. So we've yeah. been hitting all the cafes. I typically don't drink it later in the day just because it affects my sleep, you know, you know, to each their own. And some, it doesn't affect their sleep as much, but um, I'm usually done drinking coffee by 1 p.m., 2 p.m. Um, and then, yeah, just water and electrolytes the rest of the day. You're right on that. I'm trying to establish a new habit. I got my aura ring. And mm -hmm. part of the sleep is to avoid caffeine. Well, exactly what you just said. So, okay, yep. that was my that was my last sip. Hold me accountable, okay? <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. How did you land in your current vocation? And I'm not sure what your how you describe what you currently do. So, I'm waiting for this. How, how'd you get here? Yeah, I mean that's kind of a long backstory, but it kind of happened in three different steps. So. Uh, my first business was a property and casualty insurance agency, and I was driving 50,000 miles a year, going door to door, selling insurance to campgrounds and marinas. And through that, I started to get a bit overweight. I you know, was fit in high school and, and in college, I got into weightlifting. I played three sports in high school. So I found myself in my late 20s. 200 plus pounds with a you know little flabby gut and you know just not really energized like I was in my high school years playing sports. So I hired a personal trainer when I was 27 or 28 and that personal trainer got me back into aesthetically good looking shape but I started to make the correlation of exercise, mental clarity, emotional well-being and just feeling like I was becoming the best version of myself. 
That subsequently led to signing up for a sprint distance triathlon, which led to an Olympic distance triathlon, which led to a half Ironman, which led to a full Ironman. And we can backtrack along the way. And I can tell you more about that progression. But ultimately, during that time period, I had a lot of time alone with my heart rate elevated. And I had it was almost like a psychedelic experience where I I unlocked what I wanted my life to be like. I just had these visions on these long runs and long bike rides of not wanting to chase money and building businesses so much anymore, but just like being the best version of myself and exercise was fueling so much of that. So I ended up getting to the world championships in Ironman two years and started building a following on social media through that. And, you know, that was kind of my second chapter of building my life around exercise instead of just trying to build businesses and build revenue. But, you know, one led to the freedom and flexibility to do the next. And then my current chapter is, you know, just attracting opportunities through adding value and you know, I have so much energy now from all of the workouts I do and sauna sessions and so much mental clarity and, you know, just general well-being that I feel like the last five or six years, I've just been able to attract amazing people into my life. Um, I've been able to relocate to an environment that just wants you to be outside all the time in Colorado and now here in Austin. And through this following that I built on social media during the Ironman years, I leveraged my business skills along with an audience to help others build brands. So, you know, I, I build ambassador programs for the brands I work with. I invest in many of the brands I work with. I raise money for the brands I work with. Um, I create online communities for them and I build in-person communities. Our backyard here in Austin and our backyard in Colorado, they're both gyms with saunas and you can see these <laughs> ice barrels behind me. Um, and we just, we have people over all the time and we're just immersing ourselves in the wellness community um, and sharing the products and services that, you know, help me along the way. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really feel like one of the, the keys to life is figuring out your perfect day and then how can you monetize a portion of it? Well, that's a really profound way of looking at it. So you had your heart rate elevated for those years, uh, doing Ironman and long endurance events. That's where the clarity came from. It reminded me, we had on the podcast, Mark Allen, who, as you know, is, uh, one of the, one of the best, if not the best, uh, Ironman champions. And he told a story about how these moments on these long runs, these triathlons, the Ironmans, how there was just these Zen type moments, like I heard voices and, and it really got crystal sharp clarity on what he needed to do in order to win the race and live his life. And so it's really interesting that you brought that up. What is there about exercise and mental health? Yeah. I mean, the endorphins, it really just narrows your aperture afterwards. You have this elevated state of being and this elevated state of happiness, um, you know, oftentimes during and post-exercise for me. I like to call it type two fun. You know, sometimes there are days where it's painful and a lot of my CrossFit workouts or, you know, a long endurance event, sure, they're, they're physically and mentally painful, but you have this massive sense of accomplishment afterwards, along with that endorphin rush, that dopamine hit from the exercise with no consequences. That's really how I look at all things now is how can I feel the best without consequences? 
obviously drugs, alcohol, they can make you feel good, but there's massive consequences to those. So I found these ways with exercise, lifting heavy weights, doing, you know, running and riding, sauna sessions, sitting in cold streams that provide the same sense of incredible feeling with no consequence. It just leads to better sleep and better eating habits and a friend group that asks you to do those types of things. So yeah, I feel like you can easily go down one path or the other just based on one simple decision of I'm going to go out tonight and have several drinks and then get crappy sleep and eat poorly and not have energy the next day to make good decisions. Or you can hit that workout and then eat healthy afterwards, sleep better that night and wake up the next day with with tremendous energy. Again, great points. You know, I follow you on Instagram. And yes, these outdoor gyms that I see on Instagram, where is that? That's both in Austin and in, in Colorado? The outdoor gym is in Colorado. Yeah, in, in Austin, we just have the recovery set up with saunas and, and ice barrels. Remarkable. One of the things that jumped out to me, though, about what you do, first off, you're an incredible athlete. And what you do on, you show us on Instagram is just really inspiring about what you do. More than the physical, what caught my eye here is the, the mental aspect of it. You focus a lot on relationships and friendships and doing hard things together. And that is so refreshing. And why are you going down that path? Why is that so important to you? Yeah, I mean, I've I've met so many people and formed the deepest bonds and had the best conversations when I'm in the mountains rucking with someone, when I'm sitting in a sauna with someone through the Ironman years, you know, long bike rides, long runs, post-workout at a CrossFit gym. There's there's this respect earned amongst each other when you accomplish something hard together. And a sauna is a captive environment. Your phone is going to overheat in three minutes <laughs> if you have it in there with you. So, you know, it, it, it allows for authentic connection and, and allows for deep conversations without distractions. Same with a lot of the exercise, you know, you're focused on what you're doing. So the conversations that happen during and after are the best conversations of my life. So yeah, and so many of the opportunities in my life have come from the contacts I've made, the relationships I've built over time. So yeah, I mean, I preach this, meet at least one new person every single day and do it in a way that's not salesy or not networking. You know, invite someone on a on a walk around a lake, invite someone to a sauna session and invite someone to a community run. That's where I've, I've formed the deepest bonds with people. And that's where I've met the most like-minded people as well. For those who are listening, who hear about your adding one name to your contact list or meeting one new person every day, being more intentional about it, give us some advice on how to go by doing that. Because for a lot of people, it's brand new uh, to them. It's a way out of their comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way is going to places where chance encounters can occur. So joining a run club, joining a triathlon club, joining a CrossFit gym where generally people are conversing with each other and fist bumping at the end of a workout. And then, you know, I mean, I've graduated to a place where we built our home to be a community social wellness house. We attract people to our home. So, you know, that's the next step of it is just cultivate an environment in a setting you feel comfortable entertaining people. And that's what we We've done here in, in Austin and back in Denver. And, you know, now people reach out to us to, to come and use our backyard, which we love. That's why we built it that way. But yeah, I mean, you can find places where you'll have these chance encounters with like-minded people in a setting where 
relationships will form organically. You just have to have some intention with it and you have to put yourself out, out there. And that's often the hardest thing is putting yourself out there. I mean, another thing is social media. So many in-person relationships for me have initially been built on social media, just conversing with people online. And then when I go to a city, you know, I meet up with people in person. I broadcast that I'm going to be at this gym. I broadcast that I'm going to have a sauna at my house in Austin and people are welcome to come over and use it. So just putting yourself out there is another way to cultivate relationships and meet new people. That's a great point. I mean, you're, you're living it. And um, a lot of people are taking note of it. In one of your Instagram posts, I believe it was a very intense workout. In your post, you wrote, close friendships are the most overlooked form of wellness, yielding mm -hmm. happiness plus longevity. How do, you, how do you know that to be true? Yeah, I mean, I think there are many studies on this of people that are living into their 90s and their hundreds that a big part of their their wellness was friends, playing bridge with a close group of friends and being feeling like you have a sense of purpose and feeling like you're a part of something. Um, you know, I just think they're so important. I think we discount how much stress is in our lives that we don't even know is stress. You know, if you live in a big city, there's traffic and it's hard to park places and someone cuts you off on the road and, you know, you have an uncomfortable uh, conversation with your boss or a coworker. Like there's all of these stressors that are just natural throughout our days. So I think it's really important to also make sure that you're building in intentional happiness with human connection. Um, you know, we were, we were designed as tribal creatures. So it only makes sense that we would thrive if we have close bonds with others. I mean, if you study the blue zone, a lot of the blue zone, they preach about having close connections with people and having a sense of, of purpose and family is really important. And, you know, the beauty and curse of the internet and social media is, there's lots of people and distractions out there, and it's easy to just get consumed on your phone all day. So I think it's so important to get outside and, and be with others, just like our ancestors were, were doing years and years ago. Now that you and I have made this connection, if I were in Austin, what, what's some of the language you would use to invite me to come join you on a walk or a CrossFit? Or I just want to kind of learn from you here and how you do it. I think you're onto something. Yeah. I mean, when people reach out to me, which I encourage people to message me on social media, I answer all of my DMs. Um, I invite people to come over and sauna. That's where I know I'm going to have the most, uh, have the best conversation with people because, you know, oftentimes my workout, my number one goal is to get a really good workout because I'm trying to progress in something. Whereas the sauna session for me, that's really where I want to meet other people and I want to have really good conversations. So, you know, it's being intentional with when you're having conversations with people and when you're inviting people to do things with you. For example, you know, bike rides and runs, oftentimes we want to run at our own pace or bike at our own pace. And during those triathlon years, that was my main priority. So that wasn't as community oriented. And I realized that over time that it wasn't enjoyable for me or the other party to go biking together or to go running together because we were likely going to be at different paces. Whereas the sauna, which is where I love having people come over and, and meet with me, I know that I will be completely present with them and we'll have a great conversation. So I'm intentional with my time spent with them there. So I think the key indicator is where, what things are you doing where you, you can invite people into your life and you'll be intentional and in wanting to form a really good relationship with them, adding value and getting value. That's great. Uh, one more follow-up in this whole topic. Uh, what is going on with young men, Eric, in today's society, along with the epidemic of loneliness that we're all seeing? The Surgeon General identified it as, a, um, as an epidemic of loneliness and social isolation. And for young men, especially though, they have fewer friends, 
they're marrying later, they're not interested in dating. They're so I want your perspective. What are you seeing or what's your take on why are young men in the state that they're in right now? I mean, my assumption would be distractions. We have so many other alternatives now. You know, you don't have to get outside and hunt for your food and get uncomfortable. And, you know, you don't have to find someone and, and breed, which, you know, was our heritage. So now people, they're on their phones, they're, you know, immersed in games, they're immersed in TV, they're using indoor things as entertainment and, you know, nothing wrong with any of these in doses. Again, I just think it's so important to think back how we're designed and how we, how we developed and how we ultimately thrive. And again, I think that's really being outside more and more often. And, you know, I was a victim of this too. I lived in an upstate New York city where it rained all the time and it was gray and in my twenties. I was indoors all the time. I was partying at bars and going out late at night and screwing up my circadian rhythm and eating pizza and, you know, doing all of the things where I didn't realize I was only operating at 65% until I started cutting some of those things out and adding in some of these other things that I do now. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I feel 70%, 80%, 90%. What does a hundred percent feel like? Wow. How can I really build my day around these things where I truly feel like I'm thriving? You know, for me, sitting all the time is where I feel the worst. You know, oftentimes people ask, like, aren't you tired all the time from all the exercise? The more I exercise, honestly, the more energized I am. The more I sit, if I'm on a plane all day, I feel lethargic afterwards. If I watch a movie for three hours, I feel lethargic afterwards. Right. So I avoid many of those things because I want to feel energized all the time. And, you know, for me, progress is a big part of happiness. I, I, I like progressing in things in order, and that could be hobbies. It doesn't have to be building a business or progressing in strength training or doing an Ironman, just figuring out things where you can find minimal progress each day, making the perfect cup of espresso, you know, smoking meat, all of these things, there's this sense of satisfaction from progress. And I don't know that we get that same sense of satisfaction over a long term from checking our phones and just seeing likes on a social media post. Right. So true. So true. I'm stuck on the sauna example. It overheats in three minutes. So that's how long it takes, huh? Yeah, it's pretty fast at 200 plus degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason to get a sauna. You brought up your ideal day, uh, finding that ideal day. Tell us more about that. What, what does that mean, your ideal day? Um, and how does someone take some steps to figure that out? So for me, my ideal day is completely present in what I'm doing, who I'm with and where I'm with. And, you know, let's backtrack 15 years. I started writing out all of the, the conversations I was having, the people I was around, the environments I was in, the activities I was doing, where my mind was wandering, where I wished I was somewhere else. I wished I was with someone else. I wished I was doing something else and started eliminating those things from my life and building my life around these things where I felt completely present. I felt like I was giving value and getting value. I felt super energized afterwards. So ultimately, like taking that list is how I built my perfect day. And I, I did that, you know, with a safety net of income. I built my first business first and had some residual income from that. So I was right. able to start taking some risks. I think that's important to, you know, make sure that you have a foundation before you start doing some of these things. But that allowed me to start, you know, implementing hobbies into my day and implementing some of these things where I just felt so alive and I felt like I was the best version of myself. 
And, you know, ultimately that's what my day is now designed around is just kind of flow state throughout the day. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm enjoying who I'm around and I'm enjoying the environment that I'm in, which required moving to Colorado and now being here in Austin. So some of these things, you have to rip a bandaid off to unlock this new chapter of life where, you know, you, you just kind of keep leveling up and, and thriving. And, you know, for me, I'll, I'll share what that looks like. It's waking up around 6.30 in the morning. I don't use an alarm clock. I just wake up when my body is ready to. Um, I typically am within a 10-minute window every single day because I try to go to bed around the same time every single night as well. Um, I try to make that perfect cup of espresso each morning. I like starting my day with, you know, skill-based activities and kind of slow. My, my day is fast after 8.30, so my mornings are a little slower. Um, mornings are when, when I have the least distractions. I have the least messages coming in. You know, I don't have meetings in the mornings. So I try to get creative work done early in the morning. You know, that could be planning out a big event I want to do. It could be creating a social media post for a brand I work with. Something where I need, you know, 60 to 90 minutes of creative thought to accomplish something. And then 8.30 is, is my first big win of the day. It's that first session at the gym. So I'm in a CrossFit gym five to six days per week, training for about 90 minutes, following a program because I want to progress in the sport and try and get to the CrossFit games in my age group. After that workout, I have my first meal. I'll have generally either eggs, um, I'll have a smoothie or a smoothie bowl of some kinds, or eggs and, and fruit. Um, I keep it pretty simple. I keep my calories light throughout the day, just because I find for me, there's a correlation between food volume and mental clarity. If I eat too much, it, it zaps my energy and zaps my mental brain power. And then I schedule all of my calls after that first workout generally. Really? So from 1030 until about one, that's when I know my mind is going to be the sharpest. So I'll jump on podcasts during that time. I'll have calls with brands, um, you know, maybe some more creative output during that time, posting media for uh, content for brands I work with. And then I have about two and a half to three hours of focus. And then I know that I'm probably going to be drained a bit. So I go off into the mountains, I soak up the sun and I do my zone two heart rate training. Then it's either a rock, a run or a mountain bike ride. When I'm in Colorado um, here, I just took a water bike out and biked on Lady Bird Lake <laughs> for about 60 minutes. Um, and then after that, I have another two or so hours of work where it's either calls, creative output, podcasts like we're on right now in the late afternoon. And then five until 630 is dedicated sauna, cold exposure time. And that's also community time, you know, new, meeting with new people, having friends over, having friends of friends over and just getting in those conversations that produce flow state. And then after that, in Colorado, we're generally smoking meat on our smoker for whoever stays after the sauna session, spending time with my girlfriend during that, that time as well. And then 45 minutes of kind of wind down in the evening, watching YouTube, reading a book, trying to learn something. In bed around 9, 9.30, rinse and repeat, do it all over <laughs> again the next day. Wow, Eric, that is amazing. That is now that, that is a daily routine. Yeah, I, I feel like structure breeds freedom. Like if you know what you're doing each day, you accomplish the most. And I'll never forget this story that Jesse Itzler told or David Goggins told. I think it was Jesse about David. He said uh, he bought he brought David Goggins to a New Year's Eve party with a bunch of his affluent friends. And, you know, they were all talking about, you know, big things they were going to do the next year and big plans they had for new things they, they were doing. 
And David said, I don't want to do anything more. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing now, but do it better. And I wow. think there's so much value in that in saying no to a lot, but having blinders on for one chapter at a time, do that really well, get to the Ironman World Championships. And when that no longer serves you, move on to the next chapter, build that $50 million company over a five-year period. But you know, have that lens on of this is what I'm doing now for five years. I want to focus on that. So I, I think of life like that, where I have a five-year chapter where I really want to focus it on this. And when it no longer serves me, I'll move on to the next chapter, but I don't want to write multiple chapters at the same time. I just want to do one thing and do it really well. That is a really interesting perspective. I know there are many people listening, thinking, holy smokes, I, I need a routine or maybe some pushing back that, you know, routines, I don't need a routine to live a life that I want. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that person who's listening because we all have a routine of some kind. You just heard Eric's routine, which is very disciplined. And with discipline comes the freedom. But if you're waking up random times and letting the world come to you, you're reacting. And that is, in a way, a form of a routine. Now, Eric, would you agree with that? Would you challenge that? I think everyone's got one. It's just a matter of what you do with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't allow for a lot of disruption. Again, you know, I have my phone on airplane mode oftentimes when I'm working out or when I'm in the mountains and I'm time blocking, I'm using various blocks for answering messages or taking calls. Right. I just perform best when I'm not multitasking. I've tried to multitask in the past. I've run multiple businesses at the same time, and it just doesn't well, work well for me. Sure. I've found that I don't do anything well, and I don't get as much done because I'm overwhelmed with too much to do instead of focusing on like, what are the things I can do today to serve this purpose for today, to just push the ball incrementally forward. So obviously all of us have various distractions in our life, and there's, you know, life is a roller coaster ride. Bad things are going to happen. There's things that I continue to implement into my life, like the workouts, the sauna session, where I know even if I had a horrible day, that those are going to elevate my mood and they're going to reset my nervous system and I'm going to be back in a good place by doing those things. But if I let those things slip for too long, I'll slip into being anxious and overwhelmed and, you know, in a, having down days. So that's why I like to keep so many of these things in my daily structure. And even when I travel, you know, I'm implementing these things into my routine the best I can. I'll book an Airbnb with a, with a bathtub so I can take a hot Epsom salt bath. I'll, you know, find, I'll reach out to gyms before I get there to make sure they have open gym hours for when I want to train. So, you know, just being intentional, I think is really important. Yeah. So I work in a corporate environment. When I really need to get something done, what you just said there, time blocking and closing the door and making an appointment with yourself is a cheat code for getting a whole lot of things done at work, but also making an appointment with yourself to whatever's important to you, exercise or uh, relationships. If you don't fill that up, if you don't take that step, the world will just fill it in with just things that do not matter. Yes? I can't agree more. Yeah. I mean, again, we have so many options in today's day and age, which is great in a way, but also a massive distraction in a way. You know, tonight I could go play pickleball if I wanted to. I could go to a bar. I could go to a restaurant and, and eat with, you know, some friends. I could go to a coffee shop. I could do a sauna session. I have a million yeah. options, you know, being in a city that is super vibrant. 
So I think it's important to figure out how you're thriving. And, you know, long-term goals are great, but I think the key is really figuring out your perfect day. You know, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? But ultimately figure out your perfect day. What just allows you to thrive day in and day out? And is it in a way that is going to attract opportunities? And is it in a way where there's multitasking without multitasking? So, you know, my contrast therapy routine, do I get physical benefits from it? Of course. Do I get individual mental benefits? And emotional benefits from it? Of course. Do I also invite new people and meet new people? Yes. Do I have great conversations with current friends and build on relationships? Yes. So that accomplishes a lot just by doing one thing. So I also look at a lot of what I'm doing where, you know, how can I check multiple boxes, but not be doing multiple things? One thing that accomplishes a lot. You talk a lot about uh, this off-season mentality. Uh, you're very driven, you're very disciplined, but you're also not afraid to say, hey, time for a rest day. And where does rest fit into this? I mean, we want to be consistent. We want to have habits and routines, but where does rest fit into this? So for me, a lot of rest is my social battery because I'm around a lot of people often. I'm hosting people all the time. God bless my girlfriend, Sarah, that she allows for that. So for me, it's more replenishing my social battery and also allowing time and space to make something of all of the conversations I've, I've had, all of the experiences oh. I've had, all of the things I've learned, you know, it's useless unless, you know, you make something of it. So I do dedicate, you know, that hour or 90 minutes of time to being alone in the mountains on Lady Bird Lake. And that's where I just let a lot of those things marinate. I like being alone when I do those things. You give us a lot of insights on, on how we can improve our own life and also help others and build relationships. I'd like to talk a little bit about your ability to build brands. And uh, this is probably, I don't know how many years ago now, Eric, but I was going, there's there a very small brand that was just starting. It's called 10,000. And for some reason I got a catalog and there was this image of this guy working out in a CrossFit gym. And it was you, I guarantee it was you because this is a different look, different feel, and a definitely a different brand. How did you get into this, I'm, I'm not sure if I call it a niche, but this area of helping smaller brands scale in, and you apparently do it very, very well. So where did that start for you? I mean, it certainly started with having awareness, having a personal brand, building up a social media following, adding value for my audience and, you know, adding value so that content was shared and new people came in as audience. Once you have an audience, I mean, that really serves as a resume now for a lot of things you're going to do in life. So I always talk about the importance of having a personal brand, and there's just so many different ways you can take that personal brand. And then for me, I had a business background. I had built my own brands. I built an insurance agency. I was a co-founder and partner at a software company. I opened a, a CrossFit gym, an indoor cycling studio, a hit studio. I, I opened several restaurants. So I have this background of building businesses and building consumer-facing brands. So I realized that I had this unique niche within this world of influencer marketing where, you know, not only could I create awareness through social media, but I also understand how to build a, a brand and build communities and get people excited about brands. And um, that's really what I've done with all of these brands I work with now where, you know, they see me initially as someone who has an audience that can post content and generate awareness for them. And then when I work with someone for several months, 
a year, several, several years, they're like, oh no, you're more of a consultant. You know, you help me raise money with your connections you've amassed over time. You introduced me to all of these big event of org organizers. You introduced me to these people who host wellness retreats. Your homes are set up as community social wellness places. And so I, I, I like to be memorable and I like to add value. And I think those two things provide ROI for brands. And that's the hat you need for any good financial relationship is how am I going to provide a return on that person's investment so that this becomes a long-term relationship. So just putting that hat on has really differentiated me amongst, you know, lots of other people that have a, a number next to their name on social media now. Why, that's a great masterclass in entrepreneurship and personal branding. This is not a fair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, for those who want to elevate their personal brand on social media, what would be the one bit of advice that you would give anyone wanting to do that? Go narrow and deep, be known for something, be super memorable. You know, the Kardashians, for example, you know, their reality TV show, you know exactly what you're getting every single time you tune in and they've built an incredible brand around that. So you want to be known for something. You want people to like, no, why am I following Eric? What am I tuning into? But there needs to also be some element of surprise. You know, I'm trying to add unique values that I've learned over time. I tell my unique stories. I'm not trying to preach. I'm trying to share what I've learned over time through my unique stories. People buy into stories much more they, than they buy into trying to scare them into buying something or trying to push something on them. Um, and then the other thing is add lots of value. Say yes often. I really feel like one of the superpowers I've amassed over the years and years of doing this is I live in a lot of people's minds in a very small way because I said yes, because I invited them to come and sauna with me, because I invited them on this group run, because I invited them to stay at our home in Colorado or Austin, because I organized this event they went to and they benefited from it, because I posted something on social media that have, that affected them positively. So, you know, if you live in a very, very small way in a lot of people's minds, massive opportunities are going to come your way. That's really cool. I haven't thought of it that way. Great advice. So Eric, uh, what is the best way to follow you and to stay involved with everything that you're up to? Where should we go? Instagram is the best place. My name, Eric Hinman on Instagram. Uh, newsletter is where I'm sharing longer form content. Those are the two best places. EricHinman.com is my website where you can sign up for the newsletter. You know, Eric, um, if if you if I were coming over to your house tonight and you were going to grill something for me, what what's on the menu? What would the Eric Henman menu be? Ooh, grass fed burgers or a nice grass fed steak with potatoes and some rice cooked in some butter and ghee. Good night. That's specific. I didn't expect something that specific, but I'm in. You just tell me when I'm there. Okay. It's open invite. Okay. So Eric, this is the I Dare You podcast. And to every guest I ask, what is your I Dare You challenge for all of us? I can't wait for this. You would dare us to do what? To live a better life. What do you think? I dare you to build your, your life around movement. I mean, movement is medicine is the moniker I live by. And, you know, movement allowed me to, to ultimately design my perfect days. So yeah, I just, I dare you to move more. I dare you to rethink 
some of your day so that it can be based around movement. Maybe it's a walking meeting. Maybe if it's doing air squats, if you're in an office and it attracts other people, you know, to be like, what is, why are they doing air squats every 15 minutes? Why are they doing burpees every couple hours? And trust <laughs> me, you're, you'll, you'll be memorable. That's great. Two last questions uh, on your phone. What are your three favorite apps that you're using right now? I mean, I use Instagram a lot. You know, I I'm, I post often. Um, that attracts a lot of opportunities my way. So Instagram, I use a ton. Um, I use my camera app all of the time, uh, and I use my messages app all of the time. Pretty basic. Pretty basic. Yeah. Very yeah. basic. Yeah. Tools for it, communication. I mean, that's the biggest part of my day is communicating. And then on Instagram, your reels are phenomenal. And uh, along with not only the storytelling, as you mentioned, that you're doing on social media, your music choice is killer. So that I got to ask Thank this, you. your, your three favorite songs on Spotify playlist right now. Yeah, great question. So I will share this with you. I listen to one song on repeat oftentimes when I'm exercising. Yeah. Leadville, you know, uh, almost a nine hour race this year for me. I had one song on repeat. Um, typically when I'm in the mountains, I'm biking, I would be listening to either Rufus or Odessa. So some kind of DJ set with a very melodic, upbeat Um I also really like hip hop music. So, you know, Drake is on my playlist. Kanye West is on my playlist. Jay-Z, Tupac, old school hip hop. Those would be my my workout. I'm in a CrossFit gym doing power cleans. I would have loud hip hop music playing. <laughs> What's the benefit of having one song on repeat over a nine hour run, Leadville? It puts your mind in a trance. So for me, I don't think about elapsed time and I don't think about time to go. You know, I'm not thinking about, oh, I'm like seven songs in and I know this playlist has 14 songs and there's four more songs and that'll be an hour and 20 minutes. So one song on repeat, just put your mind in a trance. And I really feel like it helps with focus. I mean, a lot of writers talk about listening to jazz music on, on repeat. So one song on repeat, give it a try. Well, Eric, this has been the most fascinating discussion I've had in a long time. I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, but also sharing these insights and challenging us to, to live our ideal day and to, for your ideal you challenge. And uh, yeah, the grass-fed beef, uh, I'm there. So I'm coming over. So thanks for being on the podcast, sir. Thanks so much for having me, Darren. Okay, that was Eric Hinman. Uh, I hope you enjoyed getting to know him. I know I sure did. And I got to tell you, if I'm ever in Austin, or in Denver, I am going to take part in one of these group workouts. Follow him on Instagram, at Eric Hinman, and you'll see how he's bringing this to life about movement as medicine and connecting with one another. He's doing it, and really an inspiring story, and I loved getting to know him. Also, check out his website, uh, erichinman.com, and there are, again, tons of killer articles. You can also sign up for his newsletter. You know, I'm thinking back about what would I implement from this interview? What's the one thing? I think for me, what's sticking with me is movement is medicine. I move a lot, but not nearly as much as I could or should. And if we're interested in longevity, it's movement. And also getting deeper connections with friends. Not about quantity, it's about quality. If I can move more and if I can develop closer relationships with others, that's going to help with my longevity and my mindset and my mental health. How about for you? And lastly, I thought I had a routine in life. Good grief. That routine that he has, unbelievable. Now, we talk about an interview, but all of us have a routine. So I would invite you to look at your day. What is your routine? Even though you've never thought about it before, and just be more aware of what are you doing and when you're doing it, 
And what if you brought more discipline to your days? Because the point is, with discipline comes more freedom. And if you know, you know. And if you don't know, I invite you to try that. Bring more discipline into your life. It's not meant to shackle you. Quite the opposite. With discipline in nutrition and sleep and movement and time blocking and all that just opens the world up to true freedom. So now everyone that you listen to the episode, who are you going to share the episode with? Friends, family, people important to you in your life? Don't wait until tomorrow. You're going to forget. And you wait any longer, you're going to regret it. So share the episode with others today. This podcast is growing leaps and bounds because so many of you are doing that. We have no ad budget. We have you. And man, are you ever doing it. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate it. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to episode 98. And now get ready for episode 99 next week. It's going to be another great one. One week closer to episode 100. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you here next week in the I Dare You podcast.